idea if Luther played by Fozzie Bear. <laughs> Start your sublate engines. It's time for RuPalp's Pod Race, a queer Star Wars podcast. Welcome back to our Andor discussion this week. Um, it's going to be about episode 10, One Way Out. My name is Ollie. I use any pronouns. You can find me on social media at Ollie Fresh. That's Fresh with a PH. And my gender this week is Chandriller. I hardly know her. Um, because that, that little little freakazoid who was in Mon's office um, did say Chandrilla. He was like, Chandrilla. And I was like, so true. Hi, my name is Claudia. My pronouns are she, her. And you can find me on social media at Kaludia says, K-A-L-U-D-I-A says. My gender this week is related to something we discussed last week, which is Chandrillin BYU student uh, Lita Mothma confirmed not clickbait because no. it seems that she will be marrying early, much like a BYU student. Um, no. She is Provo's most eligible. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. She's Sorry, been... guys. I had to reference the hit television show, YouTube show, Mormon Bachelor. Do yourself a favor. <laughs> Check it out. It's crazy. I fear that she's going to be one of those people on campus who's like, why don't I have kids yet? I'm like, girl, because you're 17. <laughs> the um, black menaces are getting her ass. Yeah, they oh. are. Also followed by, um, I just want to shout out to the um, the the listeners at BYU who, who reached out after that episode. Stand strong, my brothers. Stand strong. We believe in you. I'm Jess. My pronouns are they, them. You can find me on social media at Kawaii Jessio. And my gender this week is Cassian and Mel- Melshi on the reverse beach from old because no. as we all know, Rogue One was filmed several years ago. So they are getting younger, actually, as this series gets to Rogue One. No. So true. That is how that is the explanation. Take that, nerds. <laughs> yeah. The woke left. Wait, this is how M. Night Shyamalan is directing a Star Wars movie? Question mark. Not clickbait. No, not this clickbait. is how M. Night Shyamalan is canonizing Rogue One. Leaked exclusive. Also followed by I like I I, I know you didn't mean to, but you did say like Melch at first, and so I know I and I was like I, oh, I caught myself. My I was like, no, not Melch. Melch our okay. our bestie from Rebels, Melch. <laughs> Melch slash Cassian. So true. <laughs> Second of all. I feel like Homegirl could have, like, this is something I was kind of interested in this episode, and we can talk about it when we get into the, the discussion of this episode. Interesting that they're all human. Where where was the non-human representation? Don't be shy. I so, fear they may have another prison. Yeah, so yeah. It's, not, it's giving separate but equal. It's not ugh. good. The girlies, the girlies on TikTok were discussing this, and they were saying, like, oh, they were splitting people up by their home planet, but we also know that there's, like, a lot of planets that are you know, have multi different kinds of races, alien races. But someone else was saying like they're probably like they put the non-human people in the even worse conditions. Like they stick the Wookiees straight into the mines. Um, and you're like, and I guess it makes sense because like when you, especially when they talk about Wookiees in Star Wars, they're like, oh, we specific, we take them all and we send them to certain places. It's, it's very so bad. Hmm. Well, and this prison is also based a lot on like homogeneity and using like all the same fitting cogs in the machine um they just put them all in different machines i'm noah my pronouns are he him you can find me on social media at the jewish jedi 
And my gender this week is Perrin Mothma's confirmed gay experience. Because I don't know if y'all noticed at the beginning of this episode, that guy that's like Mon Mothma's banker was like, I've met your husband several times. Oh. What? Yeah. No, because at first I was like, maybe they're just like, you know how guys are like Saturdays for the boys, Sundays for the boys. I don't know. But they're like, we're having bro time. Like, that was my first thought is that they're just having locker room bro time. But I also think it'd be funny because he's like, oh, there's like simplicity in like there's liberation in um, tradition. And I'm like, so so the liberation is saying, listen, we're both just married because we had to be right. But I'm still fucking dudes on the DL. Parent Mothma's My Policeman era starring Harry Styles. No, no please, young, God. Young, younger Parent Mothma played by Harry Styles. Harry Styles. Stop. Oh my God. No, I'm going to be in the on pit. Parent Mothma. Dude, I can't Hold stop on. clowning on that white girl who spent $10,000 to go see Harry Styles. What? <laughs> Wait, did you yeah. see that TikTok? I mean, yeah. I know, I know her, but I don't. I did not realize that the story was that she spent ten thousand total, total because American she paid, dollars. I think, like, I think she paid like forty nine hundred a piece for pit tickets for, and I cannot stress this enough: a Harry Styles concert, babe. What? Who in pit? Star Wars would do that quickly? I don't. Um, Parent Mothma. <laughs> Parent <laughs> Mothma's guys, gonna be in the pit. No, guys, <laughs> yeah. So wait, Leda is who, doing that. I was gonna say no. for those who are not very on the pit. on TikTok, there was this girl. I think she's lying. I think she's just making this story up because she was wanted to get people reacting. There's this girl. She tells this whole stupid ass story about how she supposedly paid ten thousand dollars for a ticket to Harry Styles because of fucking Ticketmaster, and then she uses AAV and she's like. Um, no, I don't want to be in the balcony seats. I'm going to be in the pit. And so everyone has been taking the audio of her saying that and then talking about people literally being in the pit. Like, for example, the ball pit from DashCon, one might say. Anyway, this has been Know Your Meme with Claudia. Thank you so much for that, that was Know Your Meme. So informative. I feel like I'm learning, living, laughing, loving, learning. And also, yes, Lita does seem like the type to be uh, the um, treat people with kindness tote bag girly and then proceeds to say something homophobic wait that's where some of mon mothma's money went her daughter is using her credit card to buy she's gonna be in the pit no my name is mel i use they them pronouns you can find me on social media at melvin culpa and on tiktok at grunkle rex and my gender this week is wet bandit cassian andor because he's literally wet. Because he I mean, he's a yeah, wet he bandit. Did fall into the ocean. Well, I think it's because he was sawing at that pipe. Okay. Yeah, I think oh, it's that part. water. I was, I was thinking about when they all jump in the ocean. Sorry. When you guys oh. were clowning on him last episode, we're like, what is he going to do with the pipe? And I knew what was going to happen because I had seen the screeners and I was just like <laughs> trying not to make fun of you guys. I was like, guys, <laughs> guys, listen, anyway. what had been the wrong pipe? What if it had just been raw sewage? What's that? <laughs> I, oh, I did think about that. <laughs> also, I also did like the scene where he's like gets covered in water and then runs out and is like on program. And he's like, wow, that guy sure looks like nothing happened to him. Well, it's a good thing he's, he's more like, off to the side. So they didn't really see him. It's not like he was like in front of them. He's like, like if they didn't, maybe they did like a double take. Like, why is that guy all wet? And he just came out of the bathroom. I hope this motherfucker didn't flood the toilet. He's like, like sorry guys, I fell in the toilet. <laughs> sorry the toilet guys, hurt I got me. flushed away. Wait, <laughs> the, flushed they... away, sorry, Cassie and Andor. <laughs> 
They think he also has IBS. He keeps being like, oh, I'm sorry. I have a problem. They all think he has IBS, but no, he's trying to escape the prison. The guards are like, dang, that one guy keeps shitting his guts out. Jesus. Do we want to talk about Andor? <laughs> I would Wait, love to. This episode no. was incredibly depressing. Um, See, I feel like it was way less depressing than last week's episode because I feel yeah. like at this one, I walked up. First of all, no cereal. Claps for no cereal. Yeah. Sorry. For no, for no cereal. Yeah. No cereal. No cereal. Snaps. I almost said. I almost said Katie Cat's got your paws in the air, but well. No. No. I won't be doing um, that anymore. <laughs> I. I will say. I think Cyril Karn is a really interesting character, but I just he make like I'm I'm interested to see where his arc is going, like where he's going as a character, but he just makes me sick to my stomach. And that's a very good testament to the character that they've built and to the acting. But the fact that he wasn't there, I was like, ooh. Like I felt like audibly like exhaling. I'm like, okay, I can breathe. I don't have to see him. I just need to say, speaking of acting, Luthen Rail, Stellan Skarsgård, he took his whole acting a C. She's taking it. She's what, taking it. He, he's going to get an Emmy for that. Because first of all, I was I was screaming, crying, throwing up at the end of that speech. I also think this wasn't Bo Will. This was Bo Willimon who wrote this episode, not toning up. Bo Willimon has been like storing up something in his soul for the, these years. And he he was working something out in that dialogue. I was like, oh, you, you, you had something to say. Um, My, my God. That had to have been his audition monologue or something for the for the role because they that was between that and then Andy Circus with the or with Andy Circus with the I can't swim. I, Jesus, Emmy. Yeah, I will say I think that um, Stellan Skarsgård was acting his ass off, but I think like by far the standout performance of this episode was Andy Circus, like. Every single scene he was in was electric. No, no pun intended. Also, I will say the other honorable mention, the two seconds we saw of Cinta, that was amazing acting there. Yay, people, we win again. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it really much to the same four things, which is I like how it was shot. I like the score. I like what happened. I think my favorite moment was when Luthen entered his sleigh era. I think Luthen could really be on the way to winning an EGOT. All he needs is an Emmy, a Grammy, a Tony, and an Oscar, but I think he could get there. <laughs> He's a lot like Lin-Manuel Miranda when you no. think about it. Oh, Lin-Manuel Miranda, you mean the god Hermes? I don't want to I don't want to talk about that. Um, I will say one thing I like every scene about Luthen is I can't stop thinking about him doing a wig reveal. I'd like to think that if he ever gets like sort of caught by the Empire, which I'm guessing is sort of an inevitability at this point, I want them to be like take him away and then right before they come he's like wait and then he just sort of like throws it off and he's like now you can take me away i don't want to have this wig in prison it deserves better <laughs> no i i agree i i think that i liked his wigless moment here where he was at his most vulnerable with with this ginger man who guys i think there's an emerging stereotype in star wars ginger imperial defectors we this is our third one guys wait what's the oh second my one god Guys, I'm about to say something so controversial. The girls don't say, believe. If the girls don't believe I, it, the if, girls oh, don't believe it. Callus? Alexander Callus is a ginger. No, there, he's I said not. It. You're right. He's blonde. He's blonde. Okay, no, because Callus is the girls. I don't know if you guys saw this trend, but there was a trend on TikTok of girls who were being like, "Me knowing I have the rarest hair color, people who have strawberry blonde hair." That is Alexander Callus. <laughs> he's like, "Me knowing that I have the 
rarest hair color. Oh my god, I'm so special and unique. And everyone's like, he's listening to Strawberry Blonde by Vinsky and being like, this song's no. about me. Do you guys think that How, Zeb... Alexander Callis, Alexander Callis, like detrimentally not understanding Mitski is so important to his character. I really hope they cover it in season two of Andor. Me too. He, he would Zeb... play that. He'd play any given Mitski song in like the ship with Zeb and be like, "That's this our one lamp. Is my favorite. No, no. Callis at the Mitski concert, you know. like play "That's Our Lamp." Oh, Callus is me coded in that case. Because um, one thing about me, I was yelling for that song. No, I'm just, I'm just saying, you no, know, because he's playing like your best American girl and being like, this song's like basically about me, and, and Zeb is like, it's really not. <laughs> he's so like, I true. fucking hope it's not. <laughs> Claudia, what were you gonna say? Oh, I was just gonna ask. Do we think that Zeb is like the what what is his what is his people called the Lasat the Lasat oh my god I'm having a moment <laughs> I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm 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 reading I'm reading to... MDZS right now and so I'm learning all these other new character names and sometimes the Star Wars ones leak out okay <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting old do we think that Zeb is the Lasat version of thinks that he's strawberry blonde like whatever Fuck that is whatever no. shade of purple fuck no <laughs> no because that's the thing he is classically handsome and he knows it is the problem he but knows he's he, sexy and people are like making fun of him because like haha you're ugly king. and he's like on my universe i'm a short king and i'm on my universe <laughs> on my planet <laughs> i am a roaring sopgar on he my is, planet this is hilarious he is in his own world i'm so sorry i put him in a different universe i forget he's a star wars character sometimes he's like a brother to me anyways Andor, <laughs> am I right, guys? Anyways, um, yeah. the prison industrial complex is so bad, isn't it? It so really troubling. is. The way that we watched that and then the midterms happened and they were like, yeah, in like four states, we're voting about this. And I was like, oh, so true. Oh, boy. Did, you, did y'all come on to Twitter this morning and see that, <laughs> that post from the news channel that was like, Tennessee banned slavery? <laughs> it's like, the, the okay, person, thank you. The tweet of the person who was like, who had to make this graphic? Though? No, literally. <laughs> what like, intern is like? I've I've had to work in newsrooms and do shit like that for like big headlines, and you know there was a whole discussion. Like, did they have to use a template? And they were like, "What copy are we going to use?" Like, I've been in that position. <laughs> it looked like a Dark Souls banner that's like, "You die," but it's a slavery band. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, prison labor. Am I right? I, prison labor is so fucked up and evil and bad. And I think I, I, I've been thinking about this because, like, I love when Star Wars is like prison abolition. Because this and my homegirl. No, literally. I was like, Lorna D, she's smiling down. She's smiling up from wherever she is. Because <laughs> um, homegirl is in hell for other unrelated crimes. But, uh, I just love when Star Wars does this because, like, it's just so good. It's so good, lovey. The layers to this, uh, the escape itself, I was like, oh, shit. He's he's drowning out the floor. Oh, fuck. I first was like, okay, so they're just going to jump on the tables and they hope for the best. The floor <laughs> is lava, not clickbait? Oh, literally, I was like, okay, that's an interesting no. plan, but go well, for it, I guess. Also, no, because we watched it together, and literally when the water started coming out, I said, oh, are they going to short out the floor? And I was and I guess still... you just ignored that. <laughs> that's not that I ignored it. I was just like, oh, I guess. 
But what if he just they just all had to stand on the table? They use the tables as boats to float. Exactly, out. like exactly. This is just like the door in Titanic. Exactly. No. Why didn't they save a table for Kino? No, no, exactly. Why was there not a table for Kino? Also followed by I think Ham was down down in the on the water, holding his arms up, waiting for Kino to jump down. That's why he went so fast, because he exactly. was like, I have to get down there now oh, so I can boy. get ready to catch Kino. I was so concerned, though, during that whole moment when, like, the water was clearly flooding everywhere and they're, like, gonna electrocute all of them. I was just like, won't this make things worse? No, literally, I was like, wait, I was like, wait, I've I've lived in a house that has flooded and places that have, like, flooding. And, like, the first thing they say is if your floor, if if there's water on the floor... And and you have flooding in your house. Don't step in it. You could get electrocuted. Um. So I was like, wait, how is this working exactly? I'm confused, but I don't understand science, so I don't know. About getting electrocuted when there's water on the floor? No, no, about how it shorted out the floor. I think that the thing is, is that because the the floor itself is not producing the electricity, it is being, like, relayed to the floor. So when the floor, like, the floor getting wet, and then turning off like shorts it out. So it's like if you throw a hairdryer into the water, it's going to electrocute the water, but then it's going to stop okay. working. Also, this is completely unrelated, but I need to bring it up before I forget. Why did that one officer in the prison look like Nathan Fielder? No, he More importantly, did. guys, it could have been Nathan Fielder. No, it they wasn't. Do, they they do love to bring in I mean, I, we can look, but they do love to it bring was, in random I know for cameos I, in Star Wars. No, I know Claudia, if it was, it was my homegirl. I would okay. know if it was my homegirl. Um, um, notorious for white people facial blindness, Mel. He has a white okay, man but... that I can recognize. Yeah. <laughs> he is a white man I can recognize. I think we would, I think both of us together, I think someone certainly would have noticed who that's who it was. I'm the only person to make the observation. God, it was so weird that Nathan Peel was in this episode. I think he's he's just a man. He's doing a rehearsal. He is abolishing all prisons. He's doing a rehearsal, but it's in Andor. Love. Anyways. (laughs) Go watch the rehearsal. It's so fucked up. Anyways, um, also just, there are so many things I want to talk about this episode, but like, I also wanted this to be in a thoughtful way because I will say there is one thing, one thing that I immediately clocked and I was like, oh, it's about to be so dark. Um, And that is at the end there when they're all jumping. I was like, it's a little interesting that we're having the slaves literally jump ship. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. The racial politics of Andor are so interesting to me, but I digress. Because I also did notice whilst watching um, in that very same episode, I was like, wow, a lot of the guards are are black. Like, a lot of the guards in this prison are black. And I'm like, that's just interesting. Star Wars does love to be like, we need to add some more diversity. And, like, this show is diverse. So I'm not, like, it's not quite as bad as if, like, every single character was white. And then it was, like, the guards are all black or people of color. So, you know, it didn't stick out quite as much. But I was also like, hmm, interesting. Okay. This is much like the episode where we talked about what happened to Cassian's dad and how they chose to portray that, where it was like, again, they're doing a great job. However, if it had been anybody other than mostly white guys behind the camera, maybe some of these little things wouldn't have happened because you have that difference between race blind and race conscious casting. Yeah, but bl- in real life, there are not black cops, black prison guards, uh, a prison, other prison guards of color, you know. 
representation. We did it, Joe. Hashtag I mean, lateral violence. Yeah. Uh. Well, no, and also about the whole jumping into the water kind of thing. I feel like if we had a little bit more of this diversity behind the camera, and I know this is, it's hard to talk about because like this show is really good, and there's obviously a million people who go into making a TV show, and there's Lucasfilm does has a lot of other diversity behind the scenes. Um, but like they just announced like another project in development this week and then another project that fell out. And it was like, I want to preface this by saying development things go in and out all the time. That's very normal. But when you look at the balance of like who gets to lead a show or a movie, it's still very heavily towards white guys, white guys or white women. And then there's, there's a woman and they're like, or it's Bryce Dallas Howard, who I love. Um, but is a is a nepotism, baby. Um, Nothing but respect for my yaddle. Yeah, I mean, I love her very much, um, and and right rightly so. Lucasfilm has done a lot of things to to further to to fix a lot of the issues, but then there are moments like these where you're like, "Come on, man, come on! You should you should be doing better than this in 2022. You are at like you are leaders in the industry at this point. Like, come on." There is something about using black trauma as as your imagery in your political show where it's like, I see that you're trying to talk about this to a group of two people who maybe are not making those connections here in the real world. But for the people who can make those connections here in the real world, oh, it's just like, ay, ay, ay. and I don't I don't know what's worse if it would if it's on purpose and very, uh, very tone deaf. That's not the right word. Or if it's not on purpose and, you know, that's another kind of implicit bias of like they don't even realize what that kind of shows. I don't, yeah, I don't even know which one of those would be worse because I think maybe in this case it might even be that, you know, they, they didn't realize that. But I'm like, and that's why you you have discussions with other people. But that's okay. Lucasfilm's higher uh, sensitivity reader for your for your scripts challenge. The, the two biggest things that I liked about this episode, one, I feel like we were talking about Andy Serkis acting a little bit, but that gentleman really can face act, which like we knew obviously from his long storied career of like being CG'd in and out of every major production ever made. Um, but like he really did, he really gave. Um, but the other thing about this episode that I really liked was the conversation Luthen had with Chernobyl mustache. I don't remember his name. He's just a guy who is in um, the HBO series Chernobyl Lonnie. who has a mustache. Lonnie Young. Lonnie. Lonnie Young. Oh wow. Someone speaking, that's that's really of, mean to that guy. Or is it Jung? Um, it might of, be Jung. His name's Lonnie. Ooh, all right. Um speaking so of Chernobyl, I do believe that one of the main producers of this show also worked on Chernobyl. They were like, what if we got the girlies who did Chernobyl, House of Cards, The Crown, and um what's the other one? I don't know. That's What's all the ones? The Americans. Oh, and the Americans. Thank you. Uh, um, together and mixed it in a little prestige TV pot. And of course, they usually bring all the actors they worked with before. Anyway. Um, yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> the thing I liked about that scene a lot, at least my favorite part of it, there were two scenes where I was like, okay, pop off. One was when Luthen was like, here's what I have sacrificed. He has that quote where he was like, I'm condemned to use the tactics of my enemy to defeat them. That was such a slay moment. I actually was like, I'm gasping. That was really incredible. Um, the other thing in that same conversation was when Lonnie was like, well, you can't, like, people can't die. Like, you have to warn them about, like, not doing this attack or they're all going to die. And he was like, it's 50 people. 
like they are expendable and i don't know i just really like the fact that this show i remember when rogue one came out and the thing i didn't like about that movie was the way it portrayed all the people who were like seeing um galen urso as a direct threat as like somehow meaner or more mercenary or, or like evil compared to like anyone else who wanted to keep him alive and i'm like oh, they were doing what they thought was probably best at the time so whenever the show makes it clear that like basically your choices are do something kind of morally questionable and win a rebellion or die the former of those choices is better even if it's shitty i just i think it's really interesting i really like how it's portrayed and i find it very interesting to watch yeah i feel this show does really um focus on making you realize like oh these are the implications of a rebellion that doesn't mean that like just because the rebellion is not like 100 we never kill anyone doesn't mean that it's suddenly bad or that it's suddenly morally wrong i think it really talks about the intricacies of it in a good interesting way because i think your first instant your instinct is to be like yo losing that's kind of fucked up and then he explains it and you're like okay so the situation is just so fucked up in general um but it is funny um at Star Wars Thea on uh, Twitter did say, if you like Luthen but don't like Saw, I'm going to start thinking a little sideways about you. And I am obsessed with that tweet. It is so true because girlies, come on. Come on, guys. Let's The, the wheels are turning. I think that's also something that Tony Gilroy or the show is asking you to think about because I know in Rogue One and a lot of other pieces of media they really demonize Saw and then you're like oh they're all kind of they're all kind of on the same oh well almost this the same level here but also that like this show serves as a really good prequel in that it is it is thematically telegraphing the things that are to occur like we have certain like references that keep happening like this is like the third time someone has said to Cassian like climb or something like to get out we've had like we have this speech that he gives and he's like well it's a couple people that will have to sacrifice and that is literally what happens to to the rogue one crew even though they're really the ones who they sacrifice themselves um everything is it, like it does what a prequel should in so many good ways and I will say I'll say it I think Star Wars is really good at doing prequels in general I think which is a hot ass take, but like of the of being like you know, what? How do you how do you do that? It's po it's like poetry. It rhymes, uh, you know, when you know what's gonna happen, on really beautiful ways. Um, and again, we we come back to Andor is the most Star Wars. It's more Star Wars than you think it is. Um, because it's like poetry it rhymes. I think we saw something. I find at least for me that's been like sort of helpful in thinking about him as a character is to remind myself that Star Wars is very discontinuous. Something that I think is frustrating for me as a viewer always is like in the hands of different creatives, the same character gets like vastly different treatments. Like one thing that I liked about the show and obviously Saw has been here for all of like 22 seconds. Um, but to my, unless I'm horribly misremembering, which is possible, um, he hasn't really been portrayed as like this super far out there extremist by comparison to anybody. Like he's sort of lumped in with like all the different rebel cells, um, which is nice. And I also think it's like, I think a lot of times Saw Gerrera as a character gets thrown into stories that don't really know what they want to say about that. And Andor seems to have a more concrete idea of its thesis about like what it wants to talk about. 
not that like other projects that have him don't have a strong central thesis, but rather that they don't know how he fits into that. And I think that's why this show for me is so much better because they actually know what they want to use that type of messaging for. I tend to agree. Um, I, I think especially like this is the most seen in like Rebels of like, he is not very slight in that show uh, because no. of the, the the thing he almost does. Click, click, shout out. Shout out, yeah. my brother. He Stay does strong. have one very slay monologue, the one I think that where he's mm-hmm. talking directly to Mon Mothma. I think that one's written by the same guy who helped mm-hmm. write on Rogue One. Other than yes. that, though, mess. I think about Rebel Saw all the time. This is... Rebel Saw is one of those things where he'll have a moment where he's so slay and then they'll be like, actually, what if he just decided to just kill for no reason? I'm like, hmm, so true. I love that. Now, why are we doing that quickly? I'd love to know. This is also another thing. Okay, I'm sorry. I know this is like off topic, but Saw in Jedi Fallen Order is so slay like he is serving so hard and he is like making moves and seer jinda is like we shouldn't trust him and it's like bitch why i love seer too this is not seer hate but it's really funny because there's a part where like saw helps you liberate the wookies right and then he has to get out of there because the empire starts like bearing down it's like if he stays there it's gonna go to shit and he's gonna get caught right so he's like had to leave and everyone's like oh well saw abandoned them it's like girl what was saw supposed to do was he supposed to just be like well guys like i guess i'll just get caught here like yes i live here now no literally and it's funny because cal is basically the only one who's like i think he's still cool <laughs> everyone else is like cal, cal is fucking based yeah. they're like cal you're so optimistic and young and cal's like okay <laughs> y'all are being a little bit weird it's a little it's a little racially motivated i think me thinks this not is... not seer you can have your opinion not from you grease grease <laughs> grease drydus you are not you are you are not beating the allegations this is a side note but i feel like on our this show about cassian andor we never actually talk about cassian himself that much and i saw i saw a couple of tiktoks and then i saw a tweet and i it's not like i had like a specific opinion but i thought it'd be an interesting kind of discussion topic of like some people were like, oh, I really like how Cassian, he isn't the leader himself, but inspires others to lead. And we see that thread. And I was like, do I agree with that? Or do I think in this case, he was more of a leader? Because he, he was leading quite a lot in this. But then you also see, you know, and he, and you could argue it was kind of a co-leader situation with him and Jin, whatever. But I was like, hmm, that's kind of interesting. And I also just wanted to take a second to like talk about Cassian himself, because I think He's also acting his ass off first, first of all, but also like there's some very interesting the picture of quick radicalization happening for him. Absolutely. And I, I completely agree that like it is kind of interesting how they have have put him in his own show, because I think it's very intentional that he is not the one who is doing all the leading. I think also it's a great mark of a leader when you know when you need to help someone rise up and do that like that is that is leadership in itself hashtag delegation squad delegating his tasks his revolution tasks his checklist um and so i I think that is part of it and then i think also like cassian the point 
the point of his life in this narrative, the point of his life is that he is the un- un- unsung hero. He is the person who helps get the plot moving for A New Hope. And we don't know his name for literally nine movies. We don't talk about it. We don't think about it. That, But he is the reason six of those nine movies happen. And so I think it has to do with that. And also Cassian has tried so hard to like not make himself small, but just like just go through. And that's what's going to make him such a great spy when he actually joins the Rebellion in Truth. Yeah, I also, there's a criticism that I've seen of this show, I'd say since the beginning and somehow even since this episode, that like you could remove Cassian from the show and it would functionally remain the same. And I understand how people have gotten there, but I do fundamentally disagree. And I like what Mel was saying about like him, like hashtag delegating. Um, Because yeah, like, and I think a worse written show, he would have been the guy to take the mic and lead all the charges. Or like prior to getting Kino to like agree to do this in a, in a worse written show, Cassian would have been like, who cares? We're going to do it now. But because it's a better written show, um, he recognizes that Kino has the most connection and thus most authority over everybody on this floor and has the leadership power to help galvanize what is essentially like a, a little revolution. Like, that was a really great scene. And it, I remember when I was watching it at first, I was like, why is he not taking this mic? And then I was like, oh, okay. Because that's not what he's for. That's not like what his deal is. I like seeing him become more like galvanized against authority and like working towards becoming ra- radicalized against the empire. But ultimately what works about him as a character is that like he has a really strong set of values, but ultimately is committed to like, fuck you got mine still a little bit. He had that problem at Aldani where he was like, I'm going to do this job and I care about doing it right, but not because I care about the rebellion. I care about fuck you got mine. And I have a feeling that post prison break, when we saw him running on the on the reverse beach from old, um, that like I have I just I have a feeling that we're gonna see a similar conversation of one of the other guys being like, okay, now it's the fight to the empire, and he's gonna be like, no, I'm gonna go home now. Like I think that's where we're headed. I think something that you touched on, and this is kind of pivoting, but not really. Um, is Cassian also like learning to use his sense of community as a tool? Um, because a lot of what we see at home on Ferrix, like they have a tight knit community. Everybody knows everybody. He borrowed a bunch of money because he knew everybody. Um, and like everyone knew Marva, everyone knew Bix, like everyone was interconnected. When the f- fucked up cop guys whose names escaped me showed up, they had a plan to be like, fuck you, we're, we're do- doing things. We have ways. Seeing Cassian sort of help galvanize and inspire Kino and the rest of the prisoners to like utilize that community and utilize that sense of connection that they have was really, really powerful. And it's something that's so starkly different from how he was on Aldani because he was very much like Noah was saying, like very much like, fuck you, I, I'm, I'm here for the money. So to watch Cassian learn about like how that skill and a skill that he's had since he was like a child that we see in like the flashbacks, like watching him learn that that is one of his most powerful assets is really fucking cool. And the way that it is handled, like in moments where during, especially during that speech, 
when um, Kino was like, if you see someone struggling, you need to help them and keep them going and point them in the right direction. That was so fucking cool to me. Cause I was like, that is not something that you see a lot of the times in these kind of moments. It'll be like, oh, go get out, do whatever. They won't touch on that kind of thing. And I think that was like so fucking powerful. So like this show has so many messages about uplifting your community and uplifting those around you in order to accomplish things. It's just, I love it. Yeah. I, I'm about to cite some hashtag sources if you're looking to learn more about things. Um, I think Cassie and Andor has such a, a deep understanding. And I, this of course is the writers, but also just like Cassian is a character of like community cultural wealth of like, okay, this is what we've got. This is what we can do. What do we got? What do we got going on the pot? Um, of resource management. Yeah, I'm like, is. I'm like, Tara Yoso is in love with you, Cassie and Andor. You are sliving. You're sliving. Um, and I, I think also that this entire series is such like a, almost like a love letter to like the idea of like emergent strategy. Yeah, Adrian Marie Brown's um uh, emergent theory, strategy, whatever you want to call it, is so present in this show because it, it is about like from the very like beings of your community the systems that you live in have so much power and just like the working togetherness of it all is just it's so evident in this show and it makes me so like this episode I know as as sad as it was to see Kino be like happy birthday Raven I can't swim it left me hopeful it left me like feeling like oh shit like shit is going down for real Luthen talking about Cassian and being like we need more heroes or whatever the fuck he said and it's cutting to Melshi and um Cassian <laughs> running away into the night I was like so true those are my homeboys I do believe that they went off and immediately fucked in the raw on the beach they were broke back mounting it out there I mean Melshi. one of them's gonna get Jake Gyllenhaal but the other one's not I think yeah Cassian's yeah. getting his ass destroyed I'm so sorry King Cassian yeah, confirmed bottom I know it. Confirmed. Oh we God. knew. Come on. <laughs> oh, I was just gonna say what 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 Mal described is another one of those like, oh, Andor is the most Star Wars because the whole point of Star Wars is that even though it's the most depressing, fucking soul sucking things about war, somehow it makes you still feel hopeful. It is the genre of hope punk. Um, that is often why I quite like it, which is why I'm like, damn, that shit was effective. I also, when you're talking about how he's an effective community leader and that kind of thing. I realized um, in contrast, they're contrasting him to Luthen. And we we talked about this in a couple earlier episodes about how Luthen, like, he doesn't really have a community that he's attached to. Although, although we do hear him say, I made a vow just like Vel did and just like, um, and just like Mon Mothma did. And it seems like a Chandrillan thing, which I'd love to delve more into. Um, but you know, the difference between him and Cassian and like what's more effective. And maybe maybe he, he saw that as a deficit in himself and that's why he brought him in. But I also went like, oh, this whole thing of is Cassian a leader or is he really good at spotting leaders or really good at spotting management, whatever. Like he's a bridge between, he's like a spoke and a wheel and a bridge between these things. And then I went, oh, he's a fulcrum. Got it. Oh, I just got like chills. <laughs> what the fuck? When they say that in the show, I will scream, cry, puke, and shit throw my up. pants. I'll do it. I'll do it on live. I'll shit my pants. Um, 
<laughs> I think also this is I keep on coming back to her, but I don't I know we don't have like enough time to truly get into it. And also, anytime we talk about race in Star Wars, it's so weird because it's like race exists here in the real world, but like we to our knowledge, race does not exist in the same cast like system that it does like that it does in Star Wars. Like it's not the same. However, might I just suggest this, put this thought out here. Cassian Andor, a man of color, comes into these these discussions, these situations where he has to rely on his own cultural capital to work out a situation. And Luthen is also doing that, but because of the ways that whiteness creates isolation and forces out um, own cultural identity and and roots um, as a way to maintain power, hashtag imperialism, hashtag just empire things. I'm just saying, I'm just saying perhaps there might be a connection. I don't know, though. Anyways, for Tony Gilroy and anybody else who's working on the show, Bo Wilmon, whatever, like, did you do like what? Not what are your own political leanings, but like what were you referencing things purposely or did this just come out your brain? The from, girlies from writing. The are, girlies are learning about critical race theory. Oh, no. Oh, no. Run. Ah! No, guys, they turned Cassie Andor into a pronoun. Kimberly <laughs> Crenshaw has, has emerged. She's here with us in the room. I will say also, it is, yeah, how there really there isn't human race in Star Wars. However, it is still a bit odd how we are talking about things like you know grassroots organizing and like you know the resources of your community and stuff. And there's like no black women in the show. It's a bit weird. Not a lot of them in any other part of the rebellion. So I'm just like. Ray yes. Sloan is is really she's like Wait, I, she uh, is Candace Owens I fear oh, no. hashtag final thoughts um well as per usual I like the episode I keep saying that as though I'm upset by that but really this is the first Star Wars show in like a hot minute that I've watched every episode and gone yeah that was good I liked it thematically lots happened I will say the ending I shouldn't have giggled, but I did when Kino was like, I can't swim. I was like, oop. <laughs> All right, he's staying home. Um, but yeah, it was, I don't know. It was good. Hopefully we don't see Cassie and Andor getting weirdly aged in the next episode from being on that beach. That's all. <laughs> I really liked this episode. Mel said earlier, like, it left me feeling a lot more hopeful than last week's episode did. Not that last week's episode wasn't good. It was stellar. But this one is just very, like... Like, this conclusion of this arc was so satisfying. Like, it felt perfect. And I don't know, something about watching Melshi and Cassian run off, I was like, I was like, fuck yes. Like, I was screaming, I was standing up, jumping around, dying. I wasn't really doing those things, but that's how I felt. Comac Vitus moment? I was Comac Vitus ran onto the beach. Also, guys, I think Comac Vitus was in this episode. (laughs) No, you guys joke. No, 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 no. Because we were watching the episode and it cut to the part where fucking G- the ginger bitch Lonnie is walking Lonnie. around Coruscant. And Ollie was like, oh my god, look, it was Kovac. So a man just passed by. I was like, oh my god, so true. But I was so off, caught off guard. I was like, wait, really? And then I was like, no, that is not correct. Um, all That I will say, though, to last episode feeling not quite akin to, but a little bit emotionally, like the fallen star just leaving me harrowed. This was Midnight Horizon. This was the this was the chaser to the shot. No, exactly. Ooh. So true. 
So I will say I watched this whole arc in rapid succession because I had screeners. Um, so it was quite a wild and crazy experience. And like all three of these episodes, I was like, oh, oh my God. Oh my, oh my God. The whole time. Um, and so like the the emotional roller coaster of this at the end, I like at the end of every episode, even this last one, I was like, oh, holy, holy shit. Holy. I, like I remember having to like stand up and walk around and be like, the fuck just happened? Um, I don't know. I don't know, man. It's, uh, I don't know what this show is going to be like on the rewatch or like have it watching all the way through, but boy, is it a, is it fun to watch every week? Not fun in a fun way, but fun in a God, I love good television way. Uh, yeah, it was a good episode. I don't know. I really didn't have any legitimate notes and you all touched on, on anything else. I feel like I could have thought in my brain except unlike no i did not laugh at kino saying <laughs> i can't swim i was genuinely hurt by that because i was like damn this man went through all this character development and then he can't even swim what is gonna happen to him did i miss noah saying that he laughed at that no he just said it oh i just wasn't paying attention yeah Sorry. i didn't say i laughed i said i giggled all right i used well, two different big difference Big difference. I, and here's what I want to say. He low-key nibbled. I... <laughs> <laughs> what? You know, kind of, there were many nibbles. No, 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 no. Nibble is a reference to Shane Dawson. I want everyone to know no, on Shane Dawson's just... Snapchat story, he is constantly <laughs> like, I low-key nibbled. Girl, be serious. Why does you follow like Shane Dawson? Why does you sound no, like no, why does you sound like him? <laughs> no, there's oh a picture God. of him. It's like him doing a really terrible makeup look, and it's like horrible. And he posts like, I low-key nibbled with this one. Hi, it's Melon Post. Um, just wanted to pop in and remind people, or for the first time, tell people um, that one of our hosts, Jess, um, is currently going through a little bit of a moment um, and is raising money um, to get some repairs done on their car. Linked in the show notes is their GoFundMe. Um, and here at RuPalps, for every $1,000 raised, um, we're releasing fun little bonus content bloopers. Um, and for $2,000, Ollie will be releasing a very fun video. So be on the lookout for that. If you enjoy the show and are looking for a way to support the hosts um this is a great opportunity uh thank you so much and once again the link to jess's gofundme is in the show notes now it is time for name that ship everyone's favorite segment name that ship is where one of our hosts will bring a fan fiction read the tags the title the description anything fun about it and the other host will have to guess who the main ship is in the fan fiction we don't do this to make fun of anyone. We do this out of love of the sport. The sport being fan fiction. I have brought one today that was sent in by uh, winter.fet on TikTok. And that's winter with a Y. W-Y-N-W-Y-N-T-E-R dot fet on TikTok. So thank you very much for sending this in. This one is very fun. It's general audiences. So it's it's a fun little fun little romp. I'm actually like kind of obsessed with this. I think it's I think it's very fun. It is character A slash character B slash character C. So it is three people. 
there's also a couple other characters that are in this, like a couple other ships, um, but they're all like in the background mostly. So it's character A slash character B slash character C, Cody slash Obi-Wan, Cody and character A, Obi-Wan and character B, minor background relationships, Padme Amidala slash Anakin Skywalker, Bly slash Ayla Sakura, characters are character A, character B, character C, Cody, Obi-Wan, Padme, Anakin, additional tags, alternate universe soulmates, alternate universe everybody lives, nobody dies, mistaken identity, romantic comedy, sibling love, established relationship, developing relationship, can be read as standalone, happy ending. So do you want to hear the summary? Character A and character B, or sorry, character B and character C have known that they were soulmates for a very long time when they start losing things to a person who isn't either of them. Well, isn't that interesting? Character A is trying to track down his soulmate, but everything about them is very confusing. This is like sort of like an AU in which a person will lose things and their soulmate will find them with the intention of bringing it back to them and that being how they find each other. So okay. that is kind right. of what this situation is. Is yeah. Rex is Rex one of them? Rex is not one of them, no. Rex is not in this, to my knowledge. Is, or at least he's not a major character. Is one of them a Jedi? No. Is one of them a clone? Yes. Character A is a clone. Fox? Fox? It is Fox. How the fuck? Yes! Okay. Are they both men? Or I, I forgot. So, so there's three characters. So this is Fox and a couple. Where he was like girl what are you looking for a third the two of them are already together and then they're like do we have a third soulmate are they are they straight yes okay rio chuchi no (laughs) wait is this like like in canon are they actually a couple yes they are and is it Anakin and Patton? No, it is not. Is it Bale and Bray? It is. It is. It is Bale and Bray. Oh my box. god! I'm, Why? I'm fucking obsessed That's with this. Magical. Wait, That's... I want to join that polycule. No, I'm like, I am obsessed with this. I'd be there for. Like, you know what? Fox deserves that. He needs a fucking day off. I feel like they would treat him right. I'm just saying. I love this. Thank you so much for sending it in. That's magical. Honestly, I'd love to live with them. That would be so fun. Imagine being like, this is my other dad, Fox. <laughs> they could have saved him from getting his neck snapped by Vader in that one in that one comic. Wait, what? Oh yeah, Fox gets it, it, it Fox uh shoots at Darth Vader because he thinks he's a Jedi in one of the comics. And yeah, then Darth Vader how... does snap his neck and kill him. Yeah, that is oh, God, canonically that. how Fox passed away. Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's really, it's really, it, it was a dark day for me when I found that out. Yeah, that's really sad. Anyways, are you ready anyway, for- Anyway, well, you are know you... what, there's only, he might not, <laughs> he might not get his neck snapped, but he is getting his back blown out. <laughs> All right. And he deserves that. Mm-hmm. Anyways, are we ready for my fan fiction? Today, I went down a little journey looking for some fan fiction, and I found something I wasn't expecting at all. Are you all ready? This is a fan fiction entitled, You Can't Go to Work. In parentheses, because I need cuddles. Off to a strong start, all right? Oh, true. Relationship, character A, character B. Additional tags. Character A-centric, standalone, domestic fluff. A little more poetic of a style from me, based on a Tumblr ask. Lazy mornings. I can't say this this tag because it'll give it away. I guess if I had to. Um, Occupation, character B. Character B-centric, space languages. Mandoa. Short and sweet, romantic fluff, established relationship, implied romantic content of a physical nature. Are they two men? No. Okay, so 
there's Mandoa. Is one of them? Is this like a like a fic where it's a clone speaking Mandoa? No, it is not. Okay, is it anyone? Has this a character? Has this character appeared in live action? Yes, both of them have. Okay, Dinjarin. is one of them Bo-Katan? Neither of them are Bo-Katan. Is, is it a man and a woman? It is a man and a woman, and it's not Dinjarin. And it's not Dinjarin. Is it Axe Woves? It is not Axe Woves. I wish it Fuck. was Axe Woves. Why was I like Fen Rao? He has not appeared in live action to my knowledge. <laughs> Boba Fett? Um, no, Boba Fett, it is not. Is this like a, would you call this like a main like character? Boba Fett, it is not. These is... are both characters I would consider to be main characters of their respective narratives. Is, is this... this character Mandalorian? No, not, Mandalorian. neither of them are Mandalorian. Oh. <laughs> That is, why I, that is why I was like, I have to bring this fan fiction. Are either of them force sensitive? Yes, one of them is force sensitive. Luke Skywalker? Are they a Jedi? Not a Jedi, not Luke Skywalker. Is it Obi-Wan Kenobi? It is not Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obi-Wan is Ahsoka. a Jedi. Ahsoka, oh, it is not. not. I'm dumb. Um, Darth Maul? Nope. D- God damn. <laughs> who else would know me a Doa? So is it a, is it a Jedi? Or, no, or dark side okay, user. So not it, a dark side user either. Is it but someone not who Ahsoka. it makes? Is it someone who makes sense that they would know? Yes, Mandoa, these are like. Okay, here's like, the thing about that. I don't think so, but the fic justifies it. Like I read this fan fiction just to be like, okay, what's happening here on this day? They justify it in a way that's I think interesting. Okay, so in can- without reading that, it probably wouldn't be something you'd think of. But reading it in context, it's like okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Okay, is it Cassie and Andor? Cassie and Andor is. Character A. Okay, Slay. So the other one is, is the other one Jin Erso? Not Jin Erso. Leia Organa. It is Leia Organa. Oh my <laughs> god. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, so true. He said, I love my white, I love my brunette white woman. No, because it's so age so- gap. Get out of here. Okay. It's set, I think, after the original trilogy. So the age gap is not terrible. Basically, in this fan fiction, Leia Organa is a senator and it's like a Sunday, and they're just like having like a lazy, like day in um and then they had this really like interesting conversation about like space linguistics and then they speak mandoa to one another and i'm like how do you guys know like i guess maybe leia because like she has like this education this formal education that might grant her access to that but i was like cassian girl why are you speaking mandoa what happened are you going on duolingo what is oh my god the return of duolingo mandoa (laughs) Isn't isn't that the girl who did levitating (laughs) <laughs> yeah yes it is that was so, magical yeah. thank you for that i love of that course, thank you i was i was just looking around and i found that i was looking down i was trying to find cassie mandor melshi fan fiction but there is none okay there's there's like four there's four okay y'all need to get on that yeah on it my brothers yeah, in christ please get on Melshion. i really need i think we Melchion. Need- yeah, I think we no, have to have like. I just say Melchian, not Melchian sounds like Marcion Rose, like <laughs> Mel- little brother. <laughs> to me, I'm Marcion Rose, little brother, not clickbait. <laughs> Is your full name Melchion? Yes. Thank you so much for joining us this week for RuPalp's Pod Race. Um, for any updates, Star Wars news, our reactions to this phase of the higher public, etc., follow us on social media at RuPalp's Pod Race on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Do you want to ask us questions? Send them to us on our TikTok Q&A or email us at rupalpspodrace at gmail.com. 
If you really love the show, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts, Podchaser, Spotify, Overcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It really helps people find the show, and we really appreciate it. We always read them. May the force be with you, and don't criff it up. Waka 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 waka. waka. waka.